If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Log Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight. With your host, Robert Anderson, he, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. We're continuing to explore the soul. Uh, so often people speak about the soul, and oftentimes there's very superficial explanations of what the soul is all about. So we're going to, this is the soul part three. It's a continuation. And I like this uh, thought from Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of our organization, and she's written 24 books, and um, maybe you want to explore all of her books someday. But I like this thought that she sets forth in one of her books about the soul. The soul is the force of evolution itself. And this was in the mind of St. Paul when he spoke of the Christ in you, the hope of glory. Uh, we think of uh, Christ as being the full manifestation of soul. And I suppose that might be tangential to that idea. We were talking about the uh, group soul last time, just to recap. Uh, what were you, uh, you were saying some very interesting things about the group soul before our show came to an end uh, last time. Uh, could you pick up on that? Yes. Uh, we human beings are so fiercely individualistic that we even think of the soul as my soul, my individual soul, my my special destiny. Uh, but in fact, the soul has a consciousness that is uh, oriented or identified with the group, and uh, in the more advanced uh, beings, uh, it's identified with the with universality, with the one humanity. I think most of us can't say that we really have a a clear sense of the one humanity. We might have a um, an inner response to that concept but perhaps uh, not yet a, a really inclusive uh, identification with all the many different types of human beings. But most of us could say that we can realize the idea of belonging to a group of some sort or another. And uh, that is a, a reflection of the soul in the sense of the group. Some people might think their group is their family, their loved ones, other people might think that their group consists of those who are like them. Now, by that, you might say by race or by religion or culture or whatever. Other people might say that their group is those people who share a view of life. 
that's similar uh, to their own or a sense of commitment to uh, the world that is uh, similar to their own. But in all these cases, it's an expression of the group soul. Yes, I'd like to, to pick up on that. I, I would like to call it um, this kind of group consciousness, a kind of uh, like-mindedness. There is, a, uh, as you say, a likeness of mind, a similarity of thought, a similarity of note that people um, give off. And uh, you find this among uh, close friends, close family members. Uh, you find it among co-workers, people you work with. You can find it anywhere. Um, and it's a way of distinguishing uh, your group. In other words, uh, it's for people who think like you and uh, have the same similar philosophy, perhaps the same politics and and that sort of thing. Well, it's also um, a, perhaps you could say a similar or a shared destiny. This quotation that um, you opened with, Robert, that the soul is the force of evolution itself gives us an, a sense of the soul as that which propels the human being forward in his um, unfoldment, in his evolution. So maybe one's group soul is um, those beings who share our intended goal. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was another example that I was thinking of the other day um, of a, kind of a demonstration of a group soul, and that's in a, you might see this in a choir or a chorus, a well-trained chorus and I mean one that is really trained with professional singers and uh, who are there to work as a chorus and not just a group of soloists who come together to sing together, but a group of singers who uh, can listen to each other and who can sing as one voice. Didn't you used to sing in a chorus? Oh, yes, many choruses and choirs <laughs> and all Many of years that. ago? And uh, that's one of the things we strive to, to accomplish. It's not easy because it means that um, each singer has to kind of relinquish his or her little ego and the desire to stand out and uh, sing, out these, <coughs> yeah, sing out these pearl-shaped tones and all <laughs> that. And, uh, but to blend with a group, with a whole chorus, with a choir, uh, is something quite different and not not so easy to do. And when that happens, you um, you begin to realize there is a oneness in the group because what you're doing is trying to uh, convey the music <clears throat> with a singleness of voice, uh, with one voice, and no voice should stand out unless it's written that uh, this particular melodic line should stand out more. Uh, so... That that is, I think, one uh, example where the, the group soul <clears throat> really begins to take over. Actors speak of that kind of um, uh, affinity uh, in when they mm -hmm. feel themselves to be an ensemble, where yeah. they are really collaborating for something greater than themselves. They're working for a larger uh, creation than the sum total of the parts that make up the group. It, be, it takes on a life and a vitality and a um, significance that's more than the sum total of the parts, and that's what a good chorus is or a good ensemble. I think I know what you mean 
in terms of dancers, I once saw a ballet danced, um, a Balanchine ballet danced to a piece of music by um, Tchaikovsky. It might have been Serenade, I'm not sure, but it was a, a group of dancers all moving as one in very simple costumes with no uh, particular stage setting. Balanchine's ballets so often are set against a very abstract uh, background, and all you saw was the movement uh, of all these dancers as one, and it was it was really moving and inspiring. Yeah, it was like music in motion. Yeah. Let me see if I understand the analogy. If we were to compare that to uh, group soul consciousness, uh, uh, what we're saying, what you're saying then, is that uh, when one is truly enlightened and has an awareness of the commonality of soul within all people, uh, it's more or less as though you you're able to uh, see yourself in everyone that is, even a person who maybe is not really socially advanced and maybe has some uh, problems. You still see a certain divinity, or you you can acknowledge the soul within them, and in that sense, you more or less identify it with them. Is that is that correct? Do I've got that right? Do yes, I have that right? yes, the soul is what lies behind the outer form, and so the the differences of form that put us in different classes and races and groups don't intrude on the level of the soul. Mm-hmm. As as you said, it's like-mindedness, and mm-hmm. so there can be this sense of common ground that you share with people who are very different from yourself, and yet there's something you share if you are... Um, um, part of the same group. I imagine that the people who work within the United Nations, for example, and who have a real commitment to our planet and to humanity and to international relationships are able to get a sense of this transcendence of national and cultural and linguistic origins and uh, a sense of how they are working for the one humanity. That would be an expression of the group soul. Also, um, you mentioned the other day about the founding fathers of the yeah. United States. Yeah. Right. They, they, that was a, a good example. How would that, of how would that be an example of uh, group soul, the founding fathers of the United States? Well, or an awareness of group soul, maybe? Yeah, they, I think they constituted a group soul on Earth uh, at a time when uh, humanity was taking a major step forward in the late 18th century. There was the French Revolution with its... Uh, declaration of uh, the rights of the human being for liberty, equality, and brotherhood, and uh, the American Revolution, which uh, declared the right of a colony to have its own independence. The group soul was made up of those people who served in leadership at the time, uh, Benjamin Franklin, Alexander Hamilton, George Washington, James Madison. Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, the Adams. Just the other um, week or so, I heard a program about James Madison because I think it's at the 250th anniversary of his birth or his death. I'm not sure. What a remarkable man he was, and he stood more in the background, but he was one of the real thinkers mm-hmm. within that group. He, uh, I believe, drafted the Constitution. Uh, his thinking really uh, formed the foundation of the American Constitution. Jefferson, I believe, wrote it up. Mm-hmm. But Madison was uh, a guiding uh, thinker uh, in the group. Washington, whom they all trusted and acknowledged as uh, unquestionably the right person to be the first president. Uh, Jefferson, with his brilliance, these were great souls, and they collaborated at a time uh, when there was a major experiment underway in humanity. 
Yeah, and, and it took a group soul and those willing to work together to uh, to pull this off, to really found a nation. And that's essentially what they did. And it was a very group effort. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the, uh, the, the real significant thing about it, I think. It should stand out. I think there are other examples of the group soul that we can point to. For example, scientists often collaborate on the on mental levels um, in the working out of new ideas in the scientific field. For example, there's been this this rivalry among the people who are working for a cure for AIDS uh, between the French and the Americans and probably others too. They're all racing to find and claim responsibility for a cure when in fact if they could see themselves as members of a of a group that on the level of the soul are working for one goal, the uh, healing of a horrible disease afflicting humanity. There's no reason for this rivalry because on the level of the mind and the soul, we share ideas and uh, uh, insights. Another example in the scientific field to me uh, is the collaboration between uh, Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla in the development of um, light the mm-hmm. electric light. And they were rivals, but if you think of it uh, in terms of the soul, they probably stimulated and augmented each other's work. Yeah, you find this happening quite a lot in the scientific community because, um, <clears throat> well, it, it's made up of deep thinkers who, who uh, spend their lives just concentrating on some particular theory of whatever they want to work on. And uh, Quite often you'll find um, a, a scientist or a small group of scientists working on a, a theory and, or a project in one country and in another country uh, another group is working on the same same theory and they come up with the same or practically the same conclusions. And so the, there is almost a, well, in fact, there is, I'm sure, on the inner side this uh, communication, collaboration, uh, collaboration mm-hmm. at the soul level. Only uh, you, you don't see it. It's not. I mean, they're not phoning each other up on the on the telephone they're or facing against each or, other. They're not emailing each <laughs> other, but somehow they come up with the same conclusions. I wonder if another example of that would be the um, experiments, uh, the research underway with nuclear fusion, fusion folks, not fission. Mm-hmm. Um, Fusion underway in uh, in Geneva, Switzerland, at at CERN, C E R N, and at uh, Lawrence Livermore Laboratories. That's another example, I suppose, of on the level of the soul, a, a single effort. Yeah, there there are many examples. If you begin to um, see the soul in those terms, then you look around the world and you see it happening everywhere, and in, in all walks of life, and in politics, and in science, and in education. Not all of us, though, are uh, able to contribute to world betterment on the level of uh, the the people we've just cited, but we can all imagine that we belong to a group that somehow is um, um, undergoing a shared destiny. We might begin by thinking of our families and why we are... Um, why we have come together as a family, or we might 
think of people with whom we feel very close. Um, that would be for each listener to decide, to determine who are the people that he or she feels closest to in terms of what's really important in life. And then extend that concept to the idea that maybe you form a, a, a group on the level of the soul. What would your contribution to the world be? And it may not be something really tremendous, but it might be a concern for the environment or a, a, con a work on behalf of children or neighborhood um, uh, harmony. Who knows? There, the soul is present in all kinds of activities, from the sublime to the very small. It's essentially the, um, the soul is essentially the capacity to be aware. And I think that's uh, what what comes out of this that's what manifests through us this our sense of awareness expands and that that's a product of the soul and for those people who just tuned in you're listening to inner sight and sarah and dale have been very generous they're giving away some gifts to you and i'm happy to be the one to announce it if you'd like you can get their booklet that a lot of people have found to be highly interesting uh called the title of it is the science of meditation and there are uh, various uh, chapters within it that I think you'll find intriguing. Uh, so many people have reported uh, good health results uh, uh, from meditation. Some astounding uh, things have happened as a result of people getting deeply involved in meditation. And also there's a sense of calm that has uh, come over to people. People in this, in this anxious, uh, rushing around world, uh, we certainly need some type of inner peace as well as inner sight. So that uh, is one of the common things that people say happens when we are into meditation, a sense of inner calm. So if you'd like our book, and it's, it's free, it's a gift from Sarah and Dale. It's called The Science of Meditation. Just call us at the following number. It's 1-866-695-8247. Once again, it's 1-866-695-8247. An easy way to remember, remember that number is one eight six six ny lucis one eight six six think of new york lucis n y lucis l u c i s that's l u c i s and we're also we'd also like to give you uh, and they're exceedingly generous today sarah and dale they're giving you if you would like it a tape called beginning to meditate uh which you can find easy to listen to just put it in your car and i think you'll find it to be uh, very informative and easy to listen to. I think you'll like that tape. Also, there's a book. One of Alice Bellamy's books is the uh, is called The Soul and Its Mechanism. And um, if you'd uh, like to order that book, if you want to uh, look over more carefully all the information in the Alice Bellamy books uh, about the soul, you can read that book called The Soul and Its Mechanism. And if you mention this show that you listen to Inner Sight and you heard it mentioned on Inner Sight, you'll get a 10% discount on the book. So, also in addition to that, if you if you want any of our uh, tapes, tapes of previous shows or this shows for a nominal fee, you can give us a call. And uh, and we, you can also those people who are interested in Lucis Trust and you want to explore life with us and travel through the journey of life, which which means uh, thinking about life, our approach to life, how we should uh, go on this journey. If you'd like to travel with us and learn more about us. You can order a general package of information that gives you a lot of information as to our meetings, our meditation meetings, and uh, you can join them if you like. So once again, one eight six six 
695-8247 or 1-866-NY-LUCIS, L-U-C-I-S. Uh, well, this is a, a question that's going to be difficult, I think, but uh, maybe not. We'll start and get them, begin somewhere with it. What happens to the soul at death? That's um, a challenging question, and uh, not remembering having died, I don't know what <laughs> I can say. Uh, but one thought that comes to mind, which I enjoy, is um, a saying that's attributed to the German mystic and shoemaker uh, Jacob Burma, who said when he was asked, where does the soul go when the body dies, said there's no need for it to go anywhere. And that points up the um, realization that the soul is consciousness. It's not a uh, a body. It's not a physical object. So it doesn't go anywhere. The soul is consciousness, and it continues even after the death of the physical body. So you're saying we've got the physical form. Yes. And we often make the mistake uh, of identifying with the physical form, but we, you're talking about the consciousness that's always there and always was. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the um, soul is, um, as you said, is consciousness, but uh, and where does it go? Well, it it is said that um, the soul, at the moment of death, it's like a, a transition from one room into another, and uh, it simply <clears throat> leaves the body and uh, returns, so starts its return to its source on the inner planes of life, uh, at least this is the way we uh, understand it, and um, it it makes its transition from uh, a purely physical environment and identification with the physical world. Uh, it leaves all of that behind. Uh, the uh, the the uh, life thread is uh, severed, so there is no more connection with the physical world, and it. Um, returns first, I think, to the uh, plane that is called the astral plane, or the plane of the emotions. And uh, there it may encounter one's loved ones who have power, and uh, it may encounter uh, its own source, its own being of light. And I think we talked about this a great deal in the, um, in the past uh, program on uh, near-death existence. Um, <clears throat> the soul is is all right, you know. When you when you die, you're you're well taken care of. And uh, I think one comforting thought is to keep in mind that death, in most cases, is undertaken at the direction. It's not an accident. In most cases, it's not a, a terrible tragedy. It's actually a decision that's made by the soul when the soul determines that whatever its um, agenda, its plan was. Uh, for that particular lifetime is completed, then it withdraws. And if we could think of uh, death as a decision by the soul, we might see it as more joyous and as a release, mm -hmm. in fact. Uh, there's this amazing comment in the writings of Alice Bailey that says that to the soul, uh, real death is coming into a physical body, having to inhabit a little six or seven pound baby body that's totally helpless, vulnerable. Um, you can 
I think, imagine that uh, for the fully conscious soul, this is a, a kind of a death, a, a kind of sacrifice in order to come into the world and live in in a physical body. Yeah, it's just the opposite from the way that we view it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we see death as a terrible thing and uh, as a happy thing, but uh, from the soul's point of view, and try to imagine this, if uh, you are a soul, <laughs> which you are, but try to imagine this, that uh, <clears throat> here you are on this plane of inner planes, and you're free, and you're, you, you have no impediments at all, and suddenly you have to uh, incarnate into this very limited body, this physical body, and a brain that just doesn't work very well. And uh, it, it is like kind of a death to that soul. Another kind of death that strikes me is uh, the idea of living forever. What is this science that's developing where they freeze people? Cryogenic. Cryogenic. To me, that is... Walt Disney uh, is uh, uh, involved in cryogenics. Well, bless his heart, I find that... That's what happened to him. (laughs) (laughs) I find that whole concept just stupefying. Because why would you want to preserve this uh, probably decrepit old aged... Uh, arthritic body, uh, I'd certainly like to give up mine and trade it in for a new one. Uh, the idea that we want to be stuck in time forever and ever seems to lie behind cryogenics, and I don't understand that. That's a kind of death, to be so static that you're not able to evolve and change and grow. And that applies not only to a human being, but to um, a civilization. We can see that happening in the world. Uh, that certain civilizations become so stuck, so un, so fixed and unable to grow that they undergo a kind of death. Yeah, yeah I think there's something of that in the whole um, idea of cloning that's so popular today. Yeah. Um, why, why, do, yeah, why do they want to clone this same body over and over again uh, when uh, it's... Because uh, it wouldn't be the same body. It would just look like the same body, but... What would be yeah. the consciousness, though? No, the consciousness would be different, wouldn't it? Sure. I mean, it would. Well, presumably, it would have to have a different soul that would take it over, and um, so it would come out. I would think much different than the the original purpose. And uh, that's quite bizarre when you think about it. The same body but a different soul. It's it gets very confusing, doesn't it? Yeah, and I'm not sure what that would look like because we haven't uh, we haven't done that yet, but. Uh, it's it's not a good thing, I don't think. But I think it, it it's another example of just holding on to uh, the world that we know of now and uh, not allowing this soul the freedom to move on and to evolve. Alice Bailey writes in her unfinished autobiography that she likes to think of death as a touch of the soul which is too strong for the body. She said, it's a call from divinity that brooks no denial that you must return to your center or your source and uh, distill the lessons learned. When we think of it that way, it's a liberation for the soul. You know, what both of you said uh, touches on what is reality. Um, I remember the quotation, if you remember the the person who who thought of this, uh, let me know. We are spiritual beings going through a physical experience not physical beings going through a spiritual experience. And I think that's good to remember because it touches on what is reality. Uh, I think it was a French philosopher who 
who said that. But at any rate, um, Alice Bailey says the soul is the agent of karma. What does that mean? Well, that uh, really is another program altogether. I don't think we can go ahead with that. Um, perhaps next time. All right. And um, I, I just want to mention, too, that uh, once again, we are giving away some gifts to you today. And we'll certainly uh, continue our discussion of the soul next time. But our uh, one thing I'd like you to order, if you're interested in Lucy's Trust, is the general package of information. And do remember, too, that we're uh, giving you uh, the book, The Science of Meditation, as a gift today. If you want to, give us a call at one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven, or you can an easy way to remember it one eight six six N Y Lucis. Think of New York Lucis L U C I S. Um, and if you'd like a ten percent discount on uh, the book that this show is based on, called titled the, the Soul and Its Mechanism, written by Alice Bailey, mention the um, that you heard it on this show, Inner Sight, and we'll be happy to give you a discount. In closing, we invite you to ponder on this thought. There is a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light, love, and goodwill to flow into the world. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If your A.C. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your A.C. unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.